0: How do you make it to the top? Well, find out when the Stella Dona goddess gals go into the studios to find the women in media. Coming right up on Star Style, Be the Star You Are with Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. you you need in the light that shines. Believe in yourself and-
1: Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit.
2: Okay, what's the word?
1: No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, She invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you?
3: Tah, The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico.
1: Aha.
3: It's very deadly.
1: Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org, because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and man ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you
2: by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk.
0: Well, hello, power partners, and welcome to our party. It's radio's finest program of positive empowerment talk Star Style B to Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are known as the dynamic duo, the mother-daughter, Stella Dona Goddess Gals. And, of course, we are thrilled to be your personal growth success coaches right here on the airwaves every week. We bring you the authors, the experts, the professionals, and, of course, the resources to help you enjoy a more fulfilled life. So get ready to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through Star Style. Be the Star You Are, a show about following your heart, champagne for the spirit. We call it. Brought to you by Be the Star You Are a Nonprofit Corporation and produced by Star Style Productions. Well, every week Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. And this week is no different. In our T for Two segment, Heather is going to be discussing women in broadcasting and how we get to the top. And then we're going to be interviewing celebrity traveling soul interior designer Vicente Wolf in segment two. He, he has a book out called Crossing Boundaries and is one of the most celebrated interior designers in the whole United States. And in Segment 3, we're working a room with best-selling author and speaker Susan Rowan. Our purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the writer, the
3: producer, the star of your own life. We have rules, and Heather remembers them. Most definitely. We want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to take that chance to be wild and crazy. And, of course, we want you to read books, especially books
0: you may never have heard of. Our motto is to be a leader. You must be a reader. So we hope you are going to sit back and enjoy the show. Now, in case you are having a problem finding us this week, we want to announce that our Mother Network World Talk Radio has been acquired by Motivox Voice America. So we are now part of the largest and number one radio network in the entire world, which is kind of a good news, bad news scenario because it's great being number one, except for the new bosses have, unbeknownst to us producers, producers, And hosts uh, eliminated our wonderful old website, and they're creating a new one, which we understand is going to be fantastic. But we need you to bear with us. We promise we're going to give you the finest quality programming that you've always expected from Star Style, Be The Star You Are, and all the other programs here at World Talk Radio. And, of course, Be The Star You Are has been on the airwaves since 1998 when we were on personal achievement and AM stations out of San Francisco. So if you're listening right now, please forward the new URL and the address to your friends, your family, your fans, your foes. We want you to be part of our world because we are where the world comes to talk. Mm -hmm. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Harmony Collection for the coolest handmade, handcrafted handbags and clutches on the planet. For more information about how you can get your personal clutch, Visit carmonycollection.com, that's carmony with a K, collection with a K, or you can call 619-286-1099. And this is from one of my favorite, favorite uh, writers and authors, Norman Vincent Peale. We're all about positive programming, and he was all about being positive. And this is his quote. There is a basic law that likes attract like Negative thinking definitely attracts negative results. And conversely, if a person habitually thinks optimistically, his positive thinking sets in motion creative forces and success flows towards him or her. Don't you love that, Heather? So true. So you, We are the most optimistic, positive people, and definitely the most positive show you'll ever listen to. So we hope that all good things are happening for you. Well, when people learn that Heather and I are in the entertainment industry and that we're both actors, and for me, I've been a producer, director, writer, casting director, I'm a coach, a consultant, and of course, a, the author of the book, The Business of Show Business, inevitably, in, in inevitably someone asks us how did we get going and how can they do it too well being women in the broadcast industry is even more challenging than just being an actor i don't mean the word just but as an actor is challenging enough But it's imperative for women to share their voices. We need our voices heard. Women need to be leaders. And women need to nurture the airwaves. Now, Heather right now is majoring in both women's studies and broadcast journalism at San Diego State University. And she has acquired some very important pointers for anyone interested in the media of broadcast and being in the media. So, Heather, could you share with us some of the tips that you're finding for women in
3: the media? How we get going? Well, most of them. well, one we're being involved, you know, in all the communications that we are. But I have my studies are a special emphasis on women, and so overall, in the the increase in the proportion of working women who are working and looking. Um, to, for jobs. Shortly after World War II, it's become one of the most significant and social and economic trends in U.S. history. Uh, by I think by 1994, it was that that it'd gone up up to 22 percent. All these women had rejoined the workforce, which was great because even though new studies have just released that you know the stay-at-home mom is she's repaid you know being hundreds of thousands to be earning, there's actually women out there that are competing in the workforce against men. Um, to get this, but still, men are still running. But according to new reports uh, released by the Institute for Women on Policy Research, women are not getting the equal share of new jobs in the communication and media sector, and only one in four communications and media jobs created between 1990 and 2006 were filled by women. Now, to me, that's really frustrating. You know, isn't that a frustrating statistic? And we
0: always hear about a woman, especially on camera, you know, on television broadcasting, who is being terminated because you know she's not looking as young as she used to look? Whereas the man can have the gray hair and the wrinkles because it's, he's more distinguished. It's exactly. very prejudiced.
3: It is an incredibly competitive market. Um, in the last fifteen years, more than eight uh, eight thousand jobs have been lost. And so many now, you know, so many. There's such uh, our industry. It's so fast changing. It's such a dynamic sector, and we're witnessing all these technological developments that are dissolving the traditional boundaries between telecommunication and broadcasting, and we're allowing these one separate areas to compete against each other. Um, I.e., as we're saying, how World Talk here, we are Internet, we're streamlined. Uh, you can get us all these different factors. You know, you can archive it. Well, before, you podcast this, yeah, podcast Podcast, it podcast used it's used pretty exciting. great AM, FM. Uh, with these new technologies, you know, it's, it's opening up new doors for women because as before, people can create, uh, guerrilla or pirate, uh, stations and create their own shows. But the biggest thing that when researching this of why still women, you know, we, each year we have these equal payment movements, how women, though we're getting up there, we're still only earning 76 cents on the dollar of every man. And that goes even lower for minority, women and minorities as well as men, but still, uh the women it's still we still haven't got up to that it should be one hundred percent equal that you know all men meaning i. e. men and women, human, uh should be earning the same things. And uh when studying has been trying to figure out what is suffering I think it's still brought back to what we had discussed last week about education. Uh we had focused on how, you know, it's my last semester, you know, what can I really do to get ready for that workforce and it was, it's really what any person needs to get ready. The biggest thing, especially with me, because it's so competitive, before you could just be, you know, how a weather girl, you should just be the cute girl in a little skirt, you know, that would put a happy face sticker next to the sun and say it's going to be sunny. You know, now these people need to be meteorologists and go through years of training and Actually, you know, have something to back up when they make these statements of this is how the weather is going to be or this is what they witnessed. So, it's just like with all forms of media. Um, many people don't realize that people, you know, such as Barbara, uh, Barbara Walters, Walter. or, that these people are actually journalists. If they went to school focusing on journalism, communications, uh, that they got PhD further, that, you know, they have the ability to teach this stuff, but they decided to let it go to a different media outlet. Um, many, many people before, if they either go into radio, or uh, television, before they were writers for magazine, and also some, some of them do that as double time as well. That's why many people, after they've done the TV and they've done radio, uh, they write books or they begin to have certain columns with it. Or also, uh, because they have a
0: platform, when you write a book these days, the number one thing that publishers are looking for is a media platform. So they'd want you to either be on the radio, to be on television, to have a column or, um, you know, newspaper uh, articles or a magazine part. So that's part of why so many people really are enjoying, you know, radio careers, or that's what they want now is radio and television.
3: And another big thing, as someone we spoke about last week, is internships. Internships before used to just be, oh, you know, this is a great way, and you'll know, meet people, and you know, ma- now it's a mandatory thing, and especially for women out there really need to get their self-it. There's, there's something that, you know, it, it kind of, you, you kind of might take it as slight insults at the same time, when people, when they say like, wow, you know, for a girl, or for this, it's such a competitive market that, if you have that internship, if you have other things, you, uh, for a woman, we need to make it look ten, our resumes need to look ten times better than a man, just because of the competitive marks, because of the history of that men are, uh, you know, they're, the whole thing that, you know, that men are smarter, so that they will do better in a technological thing. So you need to get up there and show, you know, put in this, and get involved in organizations that, I know on campus, uh, we have now, and they have certain things, they have organizations that focus on just on Women in the media getting to gain different support, supporting systems, um, perhaps even you know joining a network that is a woman's network radio, uh, or teaming up with other, uh, having your co-host or someone being w- very women, um, women-friendly and open up to different ideas. Or such here on two for two, how uh, you know we we try to be open to all the sexes, but how we're trying to become. Uh, thought-provoking. Get these ideas into the people's minds. Uh, that these, there still is the issue of the inequality within the workforce for women. Well,
0: it brings up in the a point like for me it. of one of my clients um, that I've coached for a, a long time, who she really wanted to be a sports broadcaster, and that's mm. what she studied, and that's what she did internships in, and uh, we you know we really worked on doing uh, the sports. And even though she was really great in sports, it was still more of a man's. Uh, world. It was really tough. They didn't want her in the locker room. I mean, and she was she's so pretty and so cute. You know, she was getting hit on all the time and all of that. But she kept at it, and right now, you know, she is a top broadcaster with ABC. And so she's really doing well. So part of it is tenacity. No matter whether you're female or male, if you love what you do and you're passionate about it and you just keep going you know you don't take no for an answer and like you love to say heather uh, like what hannibal said when he crossed the uncrossable roads if there's not a road let's
3: build one uh, <laughs> uh, that's so true concerning uh the sports but i know exactly what you're talking about there and that's so true also i know when i watch watched uh sporting games and there's women announcing how one people are at first kind of like a woman you know what's she doing on the side of the field uh, but in things like that, that are more specialized toward men, it makes women even more. You know, they've got to know their stuff. When it seems, you know, if, if it's when it's not just the cute girl thing, when it's someone that's giving statistics that knows their, you know, knows their players, know that's so important too. Which just brings it back that, you know, it just makes that women, you know, as women, it's it's unfortunate, but at the same time, it gives us that little thing that we, you know, what someone can do good, we've got to do great. We have to constantly prove ourselves until our society comes to the conclusion that we are all equal, that women have that you know, women can do any job, can play any sport and as the same as the men, the men that are already given the opportunity and we have to really work for the opportunity um, it's the key thing that we just always keep going back to is education, education, education. Um, one thing to saying that earnings for women with college degrees uh, shot up almost 22% over the past two decades. But for women without a post-secondary education, there was little or no advancement in their career. And just as we said last week, that uh, people that go on It's, difficult.
0: it's more difficult enough today to be a self-made person is what you're
3: saying here. It's getting more challenging. Exactly. And as, you know, and as we are saying before is that, uh, a statistic we found last week was that people that go to college, doesn't matter their major, doesn't matter how long takes, that they end up making an average of $600,000 more than someone who doesn't. And so, the same thing for women. Now, compare that to someone that women were only getting 76%, 76 cents on that dollar. So, it's even more dramatic. And how women today, you know, we're still, there's so many things, that the single mothers, the women having, you know, the, we don't wanna be on that allowance anymore, having to work the right and getting them first in the in the workforce. So it's a key thing as we're just saying, is that find you know, find what you're passionate about, go to school for what you're passionate about and start interning and make you know, make those connections. Um, do kind of, you know do a mentoring thing. If there's someone that really inspires you See if you can shadow them and get to, see you know, find out, interview them, find out how they got into that workforce, find out, you know, if it's a media thing. Um, you know, follow follow their kind of the layup. What were their struggles? What were their achievements? Um, kind of, you
0: know, and read autobiographies. I think that's exactly. another really great way is to read autobiographies. Well, great information. So for people who are interested more in media and broadcasting, you can go to star-style.com. Heather, will you tell them more about um, how the Carmony Collection, how they can get involved?
3: Oh, most definitely. Well, one thing we want you to get involved with the charity, with the radio show, anything, and everything. Community collection, just go to our website at Stella dot com. That's S T that's dot S T E L L A D O N N E dot com. Now when we come back from break, we're going to be meeting a man who is self
0: made and the world is his university. Traveling is his medium. The world is definitely his classroom and his passport, which is stamped in countries from around the world, has been his diploma. Stay with us, we're crossing boundaries. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan? And how they it make me? This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're back in a minute. Stay tuned. This business
1: of show business is calling out to me. This business of show business has all I want to be. World Talk Radio.
0: Hear that? You just gotta love that sound. Really, it's one of this country's great treasures. The unmistakable sound of a nice California Chardonnay. There's nothing like it. Well, except of course for the sound of nails pounding lumber, building new homes across America. Or steaks sizzling on the grill. In fact, 40% of American products are shipped by freight railroads. From computers to produce. We even carry trucks. Really, chances are that things you'll use to Tomorrow, are taking the train today. 70% of new American cars, 40% of the grain harvest. More Americans depend on us than ever. Freight railroads contribute more than $31 billion a year to the U.S. economy. And since one freight train carries a load of up to 500 trucks, that means less fuel, less traffic. A better environment, a better tomorrow. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Business bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. A company's greatest asset is its employees. To be successful, the workforce must be healthy. Businesses can alter unhealthy lifestyles through improved dietary education. Being mindful is essential. At emindful.com, the mission is to help people live each day mindfully. An online class offered by emindful.com caught my attention. It's called Chocolate and Mindfulness, and it's taught by Chef Michelle Sugiyama, and she uses students' relationships with chocolate as a way to better understand and modify food cravings and overindulgences. What I teach is really about being present and aware in order to recognize and overcome eating triggers, says Chef Sugiyama. Chocolate and mindfulness is a journey into mindful eating. Each student is sent three slices of gourmet dark chocolate, yum, that sounds good, for a chocolate tasting, it's kind of like a wine tasting, as a way of learning to savor food more attentively. And just as in the tradition of Buddhist meditation, where monks learn to take time to fully taste their food, to acknowledge the many people involved in its production, and to acknowledge how food nourishes their bodies, mindful eating is about paying attention, being grateful, and enjoying the moment. Well, every employer wants a healthy, happy employee, and emindful.com offers classes that will boost productivity through mindful living. To register for Chocolate and Mindfulness or any of their online classes, visit emindful.com. Just think, slow down, pause, eat chocolate, and be mindful, and then watch your revenue soar. I mean, where do I sign up? emindful.com. That's E-M-I-N-D-F-U-L.com. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another Business Bite. Listen The World is Talking. World Talk Radio. to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with Cynthia Bryan. I am your personal growth success coach. Thank you for staying with us. Well, recently the San Francisco Design Center hosted a fabulous presentation and book signing with the renowned global leader in interior design, Vicente Wolf. He has been singled out as one of America's most influential designers by all of the major shelter magazines. And although I had read about his work for years and I admired his simple yet elegant installation, For some of the world's Glitterati, I absolutely fell in love with the man The moment he opened his mouth, Vicente is earthy, he's real, he's got a curiosity about people and lifestyles around the world, and he's got this fabulous new book out called Crossing Boundaries, which celebrates a global vision of design, and it is filled with his own personal stories and photographs that he actually took. He is with us today. Welcome, Vicente, to Star Style. Be the star you are.
1: Well, that was so nice of you, what you just said, you know. Thank you.
0: You know, you are amazing. I was so excited uh, when I got to hear you. I have to tell you, it's not often that I attend a lecture and then I go and invite the speaker to be on my radio show. I'm very selective, but I absolutely adored how you spoke from your heart, from your soul, and with such warmth and integrity and honesty. So I wanted to talk about your great book, Crossing Boundaries, because I think this is something that not only designers will enjoy, but people who like you, who the world, you know, you're known as a traveling soul, as the woman on the plane told you when you were visiting the the Himalayas, um, that through your escapades and through traveling, being your university, that we can create our own style and we learn so much. Could you just tell us a little bit about how growing up in Havana and then, You're deciding to get on that plane and see the world, how it has impacted your life and impacted the designs that you create.
1: Well, you know, as an interior designer, you use different things as an inspiration. And I think that most designers look near their near perimeter. You know, they look at the design magazines. They're looking at many of them travel to Europe. So they're all seeing basically the same thing. I mean, each person interprets it differently, but I find that for myself to trying to go to places that, uh, for a better word, exotic, places where most people don't travel to, that is so completely different of a lifestyle than the one that I live here in New York, uh, really has helped me because a, you start to break down those boundaries of, of how to mix things, how to look at objects, not in a retail operation in New York, but where it comes from. So I'm seeing the people and how they use these things. So when I start to use them in my work, they they really achieve a totally different perspective.
0: Well, in this new book, again, the name is called Crossing Boundaries, you visited uh, Borneo, Ethiopia, Madagascar, uh, yeah, uh, Syria. Um, Ethiopia. Pardon me? And
1: Ethiopia. And
0: Ethiopia, yes. And you took these photographs that are just... So incredibly, well, thank you. Deep and amazing. And what was really I loved um, as you get into the book because you don't have to be a designer to appreciate this. You can just appreciate the beauty. Is how you paired scenes from villages or from the landscape with a installation, a design that you've done with the colors that are from nature and the sunsets and the earth and the animals. I mean, it was it's very exciting.
1: Well, the thing that I tried to do is, is to have people start to focus on what's around them, wherever you are. And I think that by showing what I saw and how I was inspired and how it ended up in my work, it sort of shows people a very direct line of what you see and how you can reinterpret it.
0: You... You um, said at the lecture and you also mentioned it in your book that you are um, you know that you didn't have the education uh you didn't have a design education you basically have learned from your travels you have learned from meeting people and from experiencing these exotic locations and was that a large jump to go from just being in the moment and letting the world come to you to creating it in a room
1: well, I mean my my biggest pro well it's not a problem anymore but I'm dyslexic so that was always a major i never graduated high school i never did well well in school because it you know from reading it to translating it to my mind it didn't work i'm i'm 150% visual visual
0: yes so right.
1: that's how i trained myself so making the transition once i was able to leave the standards of what a schooling uh, you know academic thing is To going out to the real world, it took me a long time to find what I wanted to do, which without a diploma makes it very hard. But once I found the thing that really made my heart sing, uh, it it moved very fast because I was no longer needing to, you know, to, to sort of perform out of the bounds of my capabilities. So, it was a, a very easy transition.
0: Well, you know, Vicente, I think you just said something that is so critical, and I did a quote at the beginning uh, of, from Norman Vincent Peale. But when we find our passion, when we find what makes our heart sing, when we find our purpose in life, it's like everything falls in the, into place. But so many people live these lives of quiet desperation, and they don't take the time to look into themselves and say, what is it I really, really, really want to do? How do I live my dreams? You know, how do I make it come true? And that's really what you did. And once you've discovered that, then success followed.
1: Well, I didn't really have a choice um, because I had to survive, so, you know, it, it wasn't – I couldn't get a white-collar job because I didn't have a high school degree. And the only way that I really was able to succeed was to be able to touch the things that I had a, an affinity to. And I think that – and it's something that I tell everybody when I lecture that, you know, I am dyslexic and I didn't graduate high school and I didn't study design – Because there are a lot of people out there that are sort of by themselves get pulled back, you know, by fear that, well, I don't have this, or I didn't graduate, or I have these problems. And to me, it was, it's very important for people to understand the fact that you can achieve whatever it is that your heart really wants. I mean, within your capabilities, of course, but
0: well, I, think you know, I, I totally am on that wavelength. It's that conceive, believe, achieve. And you, if you go towards your strengths, what your strengths were, obviously photography, you're an amazing photographer, amazing photographer. Thank you very and you, much. And you're so, the color, the light, the textures, just the, the, the whole substance of your photos, the way you capture things. And the photos that you take are so definitely different. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, think of taking some of the pictures you take and they're just beautiful, they're art in themselves. So obviously you had this talent that you weren't aware of until you started doing it.
1: Well, and the thing even with the photography is something that I started like seven years ago and a friend of mine was a photographer and, um, you know, he was leaving the industry and I was saying to him, oh, you can't do that, you must, you must. He said, you know something, it sounds like you want to be the photographer here's my camera, why don't you go become one? And when he said it, I thought, you know something? He's right. And I really started to work very hard in trying to, uh you know, Increase my knowledge in how to take a photograph, and really focus on what it is that you see through a camera, and trying to form my own style within that. Well,
0: you know that's such an interesting um, idea that you just came. Is that you know that you actually were encouraging someone else not to stop when, in reality, it was what your heart was singing and I had a question about your book because you also through the, all the stories in the book the writing is from you do you journal how do you keep track do you keep a log of where you're going and what happens uh,
1: yes you know every day i when i'm doing these trips i write in the morning and then i write in the at the end of the day whatever has happened because Among my other faults, I have short-term memory. So it's really, if I don't write it down, you know, it just sort of, like, disappears. And uh, so I write it, and then I worked, when I brought it all back, I worked with a writer, Christine Patel, who, you know, took what I wrote and then just sort of, like, you know, made it grammar, you know, the, the right grammar. And to... Give it sort of like a tightening up, oh, uh, which really she made it sing. It, it was really amazing to read what I wrote and then to read what she, how she fixed it up. But
0: that is something, I think this is why uh, you inspire me, as I know you inspire other people, is that this is what many people don't realize, is that if you have learning disabilities or you're dyslexic or there's something you're not good at, it doesn't mean you can't do something. Because there's always somebody that can fix it. Uh, earlier on the program, Heather Brittany's on the show. She's also she has learning disabilities. She's also dyslexic, can't spell worth beans, but she's a fabulous writer. <laughs> and so you have an editor that edits for you. You know, I mean, so there's always somebody that can clean things up. Um, you just have to come up with the creativity, and the, it's like doing the design. You come up with the design of it, and somebody else can do the you know the fine fine brush strokes. So. That's what you have done with your life uh, in doing both the interior design, your photography, and your writing, and it's it's beautifully done. So how wonderful that Christine was able to help you get Well, I mean,
1: shirt. she she's wonderful. I mean, she writes like. Poetry—it's really amazing.
0: The book is—it is poetic. It is a very poetic book, and combined with the pictures, everything just absolutely flows together, and it makes me want to go to these countries. And I always think of myself as a world traveler, yet I have not been to Borneo or Madagascar or Syria. I've been to Ethiopia, but or, or um, what are the other country in here? Uh, Myanmar—that you have in here as well. well
1: I mean, you see, I saw. Thought... And it took me a long time to be able to sell the book to a publisher because they were saying, oh, what is this, a travel book or a design book? I said, it's both things. And it's it's there's so many design books out there right now that all they do is just show pictures of rooms. And I wanted people to, to learn something, not just have a picture to copy. But to have an experience, you know, as you're reading, that sort of opens your imagination to other things. So a lot of friends of mine, husbands, you know, who are really not interested in interior design, they love the book even more because they're saying, oh, my God, I never knew, you know, these adventures that you took and, you know, what a great, read it was to really experience those things with you while you were doing them
0: well and that's what i found is that i found that i can be an armchair traveler and also be learning about colors and design and composition, all in one book. So it's a combination. Really? Two for
1: the of, price of one.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. And it's very fun, and it's very much from your heart. I really feel like I'm soaking up living while I'm in it. And some of these photos, like there's a photo of just a bunch of shoes in here. that uh, I,
1: Outside of a mosque. Outside area. of the
0: mosque. You know, and the one uh, person, I don't know who it is, is trying on these shoes, I thought that was just you know who would have taken a picture other than you of the shoes? I mean that was really... well
1: when they go into the mosque you're supposed to remove your shoes, so it's I wasn't allowed in the mosque, but it was interesting to see all those shoes because you know it's sort of like you leave part of your your surface behind when you went to a mosque, you sort of bear yourself, you eliminate all those things, and it it's it's really interesting um You know, I think part of what was interesting, too, about the travel is the fact that you learn to accept other people for who they are. And I think that so many times, politically and business-wise, you know, you always want other people to be the way you are and it's the more you travel the more you say to yourself you know something I may not want to live the way this person lives but I accept them the way they are I mean and
0: you respect them I mean one of the things you talk about is that when you're in New York you're very much a New Yorker you know, and you're going to the theater a couple of times a week, and you're in your apartment, and you're zoom, 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 zoom. But when you get to another country, it really is become sort of like do like the Romans. You really melt into the landscape and and uh, attempt to feel more one with the people, which is, I would say, why you get such incredible photographs and such incredible stories.
1: Well, the, the thing is, is that I think... Listen, when I'm in Borneo, I'm not going to look like a a Bornean, you know, because I'm like 6'1", and they're like 5'2". But
0: you're also not wearing a three-piece suit.
1: No, I don't even wear that when I'm here. So, (laughs) I mean, but at least, you know, you try to be that sort of empathetic, and you try to be sort of try to do the same things that they're doing. So you may not do them just like they do, it, and they may look at you and laugh. Uh, but you're looking at them as well. So it's, it's a very sort of innocent way of, of traveling where it's not about a pretense or about staying within your comfort level. No,
0: you know, and I, it's actually, it's actually going outside your comfort level. And I think that's when, you know, that's what being wild and crazy is all about. It's taking that risk, going out on that limb because that's where all the fruit is. Well, let's give people your website, Vicente, so that they can also find out about your design services. You probably don't even need any more clients, but it definitely. Oh book,
1: no, you can never like you never. You need more listeners. We know, all need more. I know. I know. You know.
0: It's never. It's always the truth. It's, I, I loved at your presentation. We said what was the best job? You said the last job I did. I I just cracked up. Well, the book is called Crossing Boundaries: A Global Vision of Design. It really is like three books in one because you get a fabulous. Travel log incredible pictures, and you get design techniques and styles and, and all of his knowledge. Uh, the author is Vicente Wolf, and it's V I C E N T E, no N in there, even though I know everyone probably calls you Vincent, it's Vicente. And the website is uh, Vicente Wolf uh,
1: No, it's Vincent Wolf.
0: And is it Vincent with an N or with a... a
1: V-I-C-E-N-T-E.
0: Okay, so it's V-I-C-E-N-T-E.
1: Dot Wolf. Uh, oh, that's my that's my email. Oh, uh, it's Vincent. Uh, I think it is Vincent Wolf. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't. That's the computer. It's Vincent Wolf Associates. Um, right. Dot com, I right. Think
0: and it. again, just for all you listeners, it's spelled b i c e because I know that most people spell it V I N.
1: And the last name is Wolf. W O L F.
0: Right. I love the name. That's my dog's name is Wolf. So <laughs> I thank you for being a terrific guest. Thanks for writing this book. Many happy travels, bon voyage, and you are just a gem to give me your time before you rush to the theater to come on the show. Thank you, Vicente, for being a star. Thank you for having me. Again, his book, Crossing Boundaries, a Global Vision of Design. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style B, The Star You Are. Back in a minute, and we're going to work a room. Stay with us.
1: But if that voice keeps calling you, the choice is in your heart, then this bill. World Talk Radio.
2: Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit wwwangels 2 We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. wwwangels 2 Remember, you're not alone. angels2guideyou.com. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk.
0: Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your personal growth success coach, Cynthia Bryan. Did you know that low literacy and communication skills have been identified as the major cause of conduct disorders criminal behavior and adolescent suicide last year half of all fourth graders nationwide failed to achieve even partial mastery of the reading skills needed for school success and in our highest poverty schools, 70% of children fail to read at a basic level for America's poorest kids the biggest obstacle to literacy is the lack of books and appropriate reading materials be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity empowering women, families, and youth at risk to improve literacy and positive message programming such as this radio show. Be the Star You Are distributes books at no cost to these people so that they can live and prosper in this society because we need to be lifelong learners with access to knowledge to sustain our lives at work. Please get involved. The cost of illiteracy to businesses and to you, the taxpayers, is over $20 billion per year. Be the Star You Are is helping make a difference. Make a contribution today. Keep our show on the air. Keep the programs going. Go to bethestarur.org or call toll free eight seven seven nine four four star Thanks for helping the kids. Well, I was always told that the greatest fear that most people had was public speaking, followed by a fear of dying. But when you learn that 93% of Americans identify themselves as being really shy, walking into a room full of mingling people is probably worse than being uncomfortable. It would be like speaking and dying at the same time. But there is hope out there. With her newly revised best-selling book, How to Work a Room, author Susan Roanne has offered everyone an essential guide to savvy socializing. Hello Susan. It's well hello. where you are. Thank you. Well thank you. You are totally the mingling maven as we know. And so one of the notes that you make in your newest book uh, that is How to Work a Room is that people that have a personal touch and know how to mingle will profit professionally. So how do we learn to be great minglers? Well, the first thing to point out is what you
2: said, Cynthia. Walking into a room full of people, whether it's a social party, a conference, a meeting, a trade show, a fundraiser, is daunting, and I think when we realize that 93% of people self-identify as shy. The most important thing to know is almost everyone in the room is equally uncomfortable.
0: And that kind of gives us a camaraderie right away, doesn't it? Already, you have something in common. Exactly, exactly, and that's one of the things that you talk about in your book is finding that commonality. And if you, you go up to someone, you know, and you think that you might know them, there's no there's no problem in asking what their name is again, because very often most of us forget people's names, but never to say something like, "Oh, do you remember me?" Oh, I hate that when people do that.
3: Someone's by, by putting you on the spot.
2: Yes. Someone did this to me at a business event. A friend introduced me, and well, the, the other part to that was a friend introduced me at a Chamber of Commerce event, and I said, oh, it's so nice to meet you, and this person looked at me and said, I already met you.
0: You know, that is so tacky. I was, that person was supposed to know how, you know, was supposed to be um, socially a room worker. I mean, supposed to supposedly had social skills, that wasn't any etiquette there. There was no etiquette, and in terms of business, it it was, A, an unkind
2: thing to do, but the other part is, in terms of business, Cynthia, it wasn't smart. If we're going to do that with people that we want to do business with, that we want to refer business to us, who we may want to
0: include in a fundraiser we're doing, I don't think they're going to be so um, interested I don't think so at all. Well, one of the things that's new in your book is we're really in a time of technology now. So, so much of our mingling and communication is by email, is, you know, instant messaging, is the phone, uh, answering machines, cell phones. And you have some tips about really how to operate in those uh, social situations and to do it with care and making it more personal. Well, one of the things that to understand
2: is that it is often generational. Where I might think that it's why in the earth are you texting someone? There's a whole world
0: of people that that's all they do. Yeah, it's like my kids. Yeah, okay, well, my six. my daughter loves to text. My son doesn't like to text, but. If somebody texted me, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Well, the, someone did
2: text me and I said later, "Oh, gee, I didn't get your number. Well, I texted it to you." I go, "That's probably why."
0: That's right. Isn't it, that crazy? It, it, I mean it
2: is. And it is it is a very generation thing. It's very generational, but here's the thing. It's not going to go away. So those of us that aren't good at doing it need to figure out how to communicate. If we goes back to what you said about communication, Cynthia. So much of how we position ourselves in our career, in our social life, has to do with communication. The research from Stanford to Harvard signifies how important communication skill is, and we need to talk to people in the mode that they like to be talked to. Like if your kid wants to be texted, I, I've had parents that said, they left their kids voicemails on the cell phone, no phone call. But in
0: college, when they would IM, they would get it's to talk to their kids. So that is one of the tips, is that to communicate, we need to learn how the other people want to be communicated with. And that's, that is one of the critical the critical things. Also, you know, you were you had an example. You have lots of fun examples in your books. Uh, of course, you've changed the names to protect the innocent and the guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was the one where somebody said uh, a, a rock star or a, music, a musician, you know, was like, well, hey, dude. Well, be oh, fine. yes. The, this, and this, by the way, was a Harvard graduate. I know. When I read that, I thought a Harvard graduate going, hey, dude, it wasn't even to a man. No, it was to a woman, and she told me the story.
2: She looked at him and said, look again. I'm not a dude. dude. And this was, he did not know what to say to this attractive woman. Of all the things he could have said, this was not the way to open a conversation. The other piece was um, a friend of mine who is, uh, you know, has a couple decades on him, told me he was in a coffee shop that he goes into all the time. He's a Presbyterian minister, and some guy who comes into a coffee shop looks at him, probably thirty years younger, and says, "Hey, bro." This guy just looked at him and said, "This you can't be." He didn't say this out loud, but what he said to me is, "He cannot be really thinking we're going to start a conversation. We have to be appropriate with our message to the right person, where we have permission to be that way." But the other tip, and this actually happened. A woman I know walked into a memorial service wearing her Bluetooth
0: on her ear, Cynthia. You are kidding. No. That's very tacky. That's one of the tackiest things I've heard. So you're talking while you're wearing your, your cell phone.
2: And what you're also saying, let's just say she wasn't talking at the time. Everyone in this memorial service looked at her going, how self-important could you possibly be? This is a memorial service. Mm -hmm. And then the interesting thing is what the message is, is I'm so important that being here isn't enough. I have to be ready to be in the next place.
0: Yeah, it's it's the multitasking instead of unitasking and not giving full attention, which is something that you talk about that um, if – You can tell someone is working a room, that person is doing it wrong. Yes, that's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah, and I, it's a really, it's a top tip that you write, and it is very, very important. And that's basically, in a way, what this person was doing, is, is uh, trying to give the feeling that she could do so many things at one time, and basically she was not respecting the memorial.
2: It, exactly, and someone said to me, well, you know, Susan, she might have forgotten she's wearing it. I said, what do women do before they go somewhere? They look in
0: the mirror to see if they have lipstick on their teeth. You wouldn't notice she had a growth coming out of your ear? Yes, yes, very, very bad. Well, a couple of other tips that clients have offered you uh, that are for about not intruding, and I think those are really good ones, is, is you want to approach people who look as though they're in a really intense conversation And if you need to say hello, you can say hello, didn't mean to bother you, and then just, you know, move on.
2: Well, this is the most important tip. I mean, how to work a room has been out 18 years, but the world has changed. But our level of discomfort hasn't. Only the technology has. And one of the clients that I've worked with said, you know, you can go over to two people, but always be, it's the, Etiquette. You, as long as you say, excuse me, I apologize, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I've been trying to meet you. If you will be,
0: and I guess the word is solicitous as well as gracious. I think gracious is the most important thing there because you're saying, excuse me for interrupting, I just wanted to make sure to say hello. And then, you know, if they want to include you in the conversation, they will. Otherwise, if they don't, you take your leave and that's being... Um again, that's being gracious. At the same time you're at least saying getting your your two cents in there. So right. is, I think that's important. And what's interesting is if
2: that person is an important conversation, they will let you know. You can always and this is the difference between how to work a room, which is the interacting, mingling, socializing, and networking which has more to do with the follow up. Once you've met that person, you can follow up with an email or a note or call saying, I'm so glad I had a chance to say hello. And you can get to do that as a follow-up to reinforce that you just had a moment to say hello.
0: And, Susan, I'm so glad you brought this up because now that gets me to the idea of saying thank you and thank you notes. Which is an absolutely a lost art. People, you know, just IM or they send an email and not that that's wrong, but when you can write a personalized, handwritten, just a couple of lines, how much you appreciated somebody, put a stamp on it, that to me is really showing that you care and in my opinion shows a lot of class. It, no, listen, I've been to weddings where I've go, I didn't get a Thank you note. Excuse me, did you forget
2: I gave you a gift from Crate and Barrel? Yeah. But here's the other thing I would say, because I've modernized it a bit, Cynthia. When you've met that person, because we are now so instantaneous, get back to your office, get back to your home office, send a quick email, fun to meet you, glad we spoke about, and do just a two-sentence email, and then follow it up with the handwritten note.
0: I think it's important to take that time. Now, some other tips that you have, you call you call them Moran's um, reminders, which I love. The seven keys to lively conversation about reading the newspaper, clipping cartoons or articles or announcements that you could send to people that they, you think they would enjoy. Um, you know, yeah, reading newsletters. In other words. What you're saying is keep inside the world so you have something of importance to talk about. And of course we can always talk about the weather. That's a 24-7. And you know what? This is, to all of our
2: listeners, when you're in a, a city with people and you've either had a cold spell or a hot spell or hail or rain, what do people talk about? What they have in common is the weather. There, there was research done that 93% of the people who tune into evening news tune in to find out what the weather is the next day. So it is something to talk about. But the seven keys, and now with access to the Internet, you should never go somewhere where you haven't logged on, read a paper, found out what's going on in that industry with that group, with that fundraiser, and in The nation and in your own community, come with three to five items in the news, even if it's the newest movie or the latest baseball score, so that if there's a low... You don't feel you can do it. That you're I off-guard. agree
0: with you. Well, I want to give out your website okay. and Thank you. so that people can get your book. The name of the book is How to Work a Room, Your Essential Guide to Savvy Socializing. It has been a national bestseller for over 18 years. It's been completely revised with all the new stuff. And it is Susan Roanne, R-O-A-N-E. And would you give your website, Susan?
2: Well, you can do com or... You can go to www.howtoworkaroon.com. Lots of free information, information about my speaking, but lots of free articles to help you, as well as links to bookstores to buy the book.
0: Well, thank you so much, and I want you to say hello to one of my favorite people, because I saw her in your acknowledgments, Bonnie Katz. We go back a lot of years. Oh, for goodness sake. tell tell Bonnie Cynthia Bryan says hi Susan you're a delight I love how to work a room Susan Roanne thanks for being a guest on the show you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on star style be the star you are go out into the day and remember that no one's walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths skills talents and experiences you are one of a kind you are you and you have the power to love yourself and become the person you want to be my aim is to encourage and Inform and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And until we celebrate once again next week, this is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. We'll talk next week. Go party and be a power partner. Be the lucky star you are.
2: Radio.